Father, thank you that we can pray for Letitia as she shares your word tonight. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will anoint her and that your presence will rest thick and strong and heavy on her as she gives us your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening, everyone. I trust that you are well this evening. Um, lovely to be here with you again. What a wonderful time of worship. Hey, it's been such an incredible time in the Lord's presence for the last few weeks. It feels like He's just drawn close to us. And I think it's because of that scripture that says, draw close to Him and He will draw close to us. And so I actually just want to acknowledge your personal walk with the Lord in your quiet times. I think a lot of what we're experiencing in being in the presence of the Lord is individual journeys of people drawing close to Him. And so as we've been focusing on this disciples' quest, you would have noted that the last few weeks we have been in Mark 8. And if you've got your Bibles, if you would turn with me there again tonight, we are not moving quickly past Mark 8. We'll be looking at it tonight again. And the title of my message is this, The Joy of a Disciple. The Joy of a Disciple. And so I see the faces look at me and go, the joy of the disciple, Mark 8. I'm not so sure those two things go together. But if you have your Bibles, please go to Mark 8, and we're reading from verse 34. And it says the following. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, Then he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to, to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And so you might be asking, what does joy <laughs> have to do with this passage of Scripture? If you think back with me, in Nehemiah, there's a Scripture verse that says this, the joy of the Lord is whose strength? The joy of the Lord is whose strength? It's my strength. And so can I say, can I ask you this, actually? What is a joy for you? What do you take pleasure in? What do you delight in? I know for me, sometimes it's ice cream. <laughs> sometimes it's beach sand under my feet, the sea. What is something that you take pleasure in and that you delight in? Because can I say the definition in the Oxford Dictionary of joy is this, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. So will you look to your neighbor, if you don't have a neighbor, find one very quickly, and just tell them in one or two words, what brings you great pleasure and happiness? I've mentioned what mine is, beach sand under my feet, and ice cream, what's yours? Ice 
I see some people are, are giving three, four, five things. You must be very happy people. <laughs> and so this is the thing. Everyone wants to be happy. And people will do whatever they need to to pursue happiness. You'll make that saving to be able to go to the beach at the end of the year. You'll make that saving to have your ice cream. Whatever the thing is that brings you great pleasure and joy, you will pay the price for that thing, hey? You will. But the question tonight that I put before you is this. What is joy to a disciple? Is it ice cream? Is it beach sand under your feet? What is joy to a disciple? Nehemiah 8 verse 10. The joy of the Lord is our strength. If I think of Mark 8 from verse 34 to 38, there's no way, and I might be the only one in the room and that's okay, but there's no way you can deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus without some sort of strength. There's no ways you can do that. And yet the scriptures say that the joy of the Lord is our strength. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, the power of joy helps you to endure things when it's not so easy to go through things. And so I actually want to look at this with you tonight. What the joy of the Lord is. What, what is this joy that will help us to what we've been speaking about the last few weeks, denying yourself, picking up your cross, following Jesus. I love how Neil put it last week when he said, when we follow Jesus, it's saying no to be able to say yes, yes to the things of the Lord. But then you need to have a bit of strength for that. And the scriptures speak about joy. So let's unpack joy tonight. And I want to do that with you. So what is this joy that the scripture speaks about. And I'd like to say it's this. It's Jesus. The joy that the scripture speaks about is Jesus. Do you remember when the dove, when Jesus was being baptized and the dove came down, Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove and rested on Jesus? It says this in the scriptures that the father saw this and he said this. This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. What is the definition of joy? Something that brings you great pleasure and happiness. The father looks at Jesus and he says, This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. The father was taking delight and pleasure in Jesus. So the joy of the father is Jesus. This is confirmed in John 17, where Jesus prays for us as believers, and he says this, I have made you known to them. He's speaking about Father God. He has made Father God known to us and will continue to make you known in order that your love for me may be in them. 
that very delight and love that Father God has towards Jesus. Jesus stands in the gap and he prays for us that that very love and delight would be in our hearts. Why? Because he knows we need it. He knows we need it. He says, to continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. The delight and pleasure you take in me as your son, I pray that they would find joy in that too. And so this joy that brings us strength, that gives us strength to endure difficult things, is the very joy Father God has in Jesus. And if Jesus prays for us as believers, that we would have that joy towards him so that he may dwell in our hearts through faith, that is a strength that is in the inner man. It's not a brutal strength. It's an inner man's strength that, it can, that can endure all things. I don't know if you like watching these underdog movies where the underdog wins. Anyone want to put their hands up? I'm one of those. Love watching movies where the underdog seems like they're going to be defeated, but actually they end up winning. And one of, one of those movies for me is Cinderella Man. <laughs> I don't know who's watched that movie. Who's watched Cinderella Man? There's a, there's a scene in the movie right at the end where it seems like he's going to be defeated. And then he has flashbacks hey, of his wife, of his family, his children, why he's in the ring and why he's fighting. And that's not an external strength that rises up because he's been defeated. Yellow, knocked right, left and center. But what happens is in the fight, in the challenge, in the difficulty, something within him <laughs> rises to the fore. And if we think of picking up our crosses, denying ourselves, following Jesus, it's not going to be an external thing. It might come in the form of an external thing, but can I tell you where it comes from is deep down within your inner man. And that is where Jesus wants to dwell. That is the inner strength he wants to be. And so when the scriptures speak about the joy it's speaking about Jesus, our inner strength, our inner endurance to go through the difficult things that we might be facing. And I don't need to ask that this evening of who of us is sitting in this room this evening facing some challenging things, health, finances, relationships. But what I do know is that as you sit here this evening, there's an inner man inside each and every one of us that can be strengthened by Jesus, who is the joy we need to be strengthened by. I've mentioned why it's so important to have this joy. Firstly, it strengthens us. In Proverbs 17, verse 22, it says, Joy is a good medicine. Give strength to the bones. Hey? Not ice cream. Ice cream doesn't give strength to the bones. I think it, <laughs> it puts some fat on the bones, but ice cream doesn't give strength to the bones. But it just says this. Well, calcium and some fat on the bones. Proverbs 17 verse 22. Joy is a good medicine. It gives strength to the bones. 
And it is that, that whatever your inner man is experiencing in terms of joy, it flows out into your outer man. Have you seen happy people? Have you seen happy people? I'm not talking about the Carpenas, the Cape Townian, Carpsoclops. I'm not talking that happy people. I'm talking about truly happy people. I hear the Cape Townians laughing. I see them there in the corner. I'm talking about truly happy people. People that irrespective of what they're going through, they can live. They'll be okay. They'll make it. And I think the reason why Gideon said this message is so dear to my heart is this. I have experienced the joy of the Lord being my strength. I'll give you a personal testimony. I was 24 years old, um, and I lost my dad in a car accident, reckless car accident. I'm the oldest of seven children, four for my mom and three brothers um, that are not for my mom. But I lost my dad when I was 24, and I remember thinking, my world is coming to an end. Because my dad and my mom, my parents were my everything. And I remember that was one of my biggest fears, is losing my parents. Two years later, I lost my mom to a stroke. And so I lost both my parents at the age of 24 and 26. And I, had, I was the oldest of four siblings, so I had little siblings. Um, my sister was still in high school. And I became an instant parent. I remember thinking, Lord Jesus, I cannot do this. And man, was it difficult. It was difficult. I wasn't financially equipped for it. I wasn't emotionally equipped for it. And I was not relationally equipped for that position. But something happened in my life when that happened to me. Is I got to experience Jesus for who he really is. If it was not for the Lord, I don't think I'd be standing here right now. And so what happened in those times of challenge and difficulty and grieving and mourning, and that was my cross to have to pick up, was to have to look Jesus straight in the face and say, Lord, I still believe that you love me, irrespective of this situation. I still believe that you are good and that you are God. I might not understand it, and we sang that song now, New Wine, okay? I, don't un I might not understand it, but I'll trust you, and it's not easy. I'm not standing here and, and trying to tell you, oh, no, it was very easy. It was hard, but he was with me, and he did not leave me. He was with me, and it made me experience something that I don't think I would have experienced if I hadn't gone through what I had gone through then, and it's this that it does not matter how hard it gets, if you've got Jesus by your side, you'll get out of that thing. You will come through, you will get out of that thing alive and well, if you do it with Jesus. If you don't do it with Jesus, I'm not so sure I can say the same. See, there's this, when you're following Jesus, and when we talk about the joy, there's two things for me. Well, if I put them in comparison, there's a fan and there's a follower. And you get to choose what you'll be, even in experiencing the joy of the Lord being your strength. And it's this. 
A fan can follow someone from a distance and admire them and love them and halala, whatever that might mean. But a follower does not follow from a distance. A follower comes into close proximity with the person that he or she is following. And see, when it comes to the joy of the Lord being our strength, you cannot do that from a fan place and think that you're going to be strengthened. You need to do that from a close proximity place in deep relationship with Jesus. See, strength doesn't come from distance. It comes from deep, deep relationship with the Lord. And if we're talking about strength, Jesus' strength, that means you have to be close to him to be able to experience that strength. If you turn with me to Psalm 16, verse 11, it says this. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And so where do we find this joy? The very place we found it in when we were worshiping this evening. It is in his presence. You are strengthened for the very thing you're dealing with tonight. You are strengthened by being in his presence. That's where you are strengthened. Because it says in Psalm 16, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And so if joy, who is Jesus, fills our lives with strength, why would we not go and be in Father's presence to be strengthened in our inner man so that we can deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and not be a fan but a follower of Jesus? I'd like to mention three things that I think are very important in every believer's life if we want to tap into the strength, and it's this. Being in the Word of God, Jesus is the Word that became flesh. If you're not reading your Bibles, if you're not spending time in the Word, you are doing the fan thing, not the follower thing. Worship. Number two is worship. Worship ushers us into the presence of God. Where's the joy of the Lord? In the presence of God. How do you get into the presence of God? Through worship. Worship opens up spaces for you to enter into the presence of God. And that's what we've experienced tonight. The third thing, if you want to make a note of this, is prayer. Prayer is the place where we surrender. I think of prayer like this. If I think of Jesus' life and the last thing he did before he went to the cross, he was found in the garden of Gethsemane on his knees. If the King of Kings and Lord of Lords found it fit to be on his knees before the greatest act he would fulfill, then who am I not to be on my knees? Every day. <laughs> and so these three things are so key to accessing that joy of the Lord, to be our strength, to be able to deny, pick up, and follow. And I'd like to call the worship team up now. And I've just asked them to play the one song that I actually want us to worship again together 
with. And it's Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. But while we're worshiping that song, while we're in the presence of the Lord, think of these things. If you need strength tonight for whatever situation you're dealing with, whether it be finances, relationship, job, whatever it is, may you find joy that strengthens you in your inner man by being in the presence of the Lord so that, and I say it again, you can deny yourself and not choose your will in the situation you're dealing with so that you can pick up your cross and follow Jesus, not from being a fan, but a follower. And so will you stand and I'm going to pray for us and trust that the Lord, the same way God delights in the sun, that he would help us to delight in the sun this evening and that he would strengthen us in our inner man through this next song. And so, Father, we come to you and we thank you, Jesus, that you are, Father, God's pleasure, happiness. Thank you, Father, that you delight in Jesus, that you say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You find pleasure in Jesus. And Father, I pray for every individual here this evening that as we worship this next song, that our inner man would be strengthened by the joy of the Lord that is Jesus, so that we can deny ourselves, pick up our crosses, and follow you, not just be fans. In Jesus' name, amen.